Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblo Stapes and Destruction. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by photographer and publisher as well, Tim Parkin. Good evening, Tim. Hello. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. And yourself? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Not yeah, I think quite... I think we've both been enjoying some nice weather in Scotland. Uh, Indeed, a rare, after... a rare five weeks in a row, I think it was. Well, that's it. Despite all the very heavy torrential rain that seems to be making up for the lack of it, uh, lack of it earlier in the month, but uh, um, and no midges either, which is always a blessing in disguise that's for fantastic. For, got, for any... got clegs though. The clegs have been out. Yes, there's, there's all, if, it, if it's not the midget, it's, it's something else. But uh, exactly. I think you take the, you take them over midges any day of the week, as would as would most people who have experienced midges. Um, but uh, thanks very much for your time this evening. Um, obviously, we're here to discuss the natural landscape volume. Your your recent books as part of the part of the natural landscape photography award competitions, um, yeah. and it's really nice just to see that you you've kind of taken a very different approach and tried to do same, something very different from. The, the maybe standard photography competition award books. Um, but before we get into talking about that, Tim, it would maybe be great if you could give everyone an introduction to yourself, your photographic background, and also just an introduction to the photography awards as well. Yeah, I'm, my my background really is a, an engineer. I, um, I've worked for uh, GEC and various engineering companies for a while and also as a lecturer at UMIS University for a while too. Cool. Um, the interest in photography didn't start until uh, I had an accident in, in 1996 where I broke my back. So right. I got three, three vertebrae fused together. But as part of the recovery for that, my doctor told me I needed to do some walking. Right. Um, just going for a walk for the sake of it didn't seem to me like that entertaining. So I thought, yes. well, what can I do? And I, when I was a when I was a kid, the people who lived opposite us ran the the local camera club, uh, and so they they said. Uh, at the time, you know, I'd, I'd play with a camera. Here's a camera you can have a go with. And I had a little zenithy film camera, cool. went around with like rolling my own black and white film. Had that for about two years and enjoyed it, but uh, sold it to try and buy a computer, which is probably the, one of the worst decisions ever. Uh, <laughs> although then again, it's put me where I am. Yeah. Anyway, so my doctor said you've got to, got to go out walking. I thought well, I can take, I can take a camera with me and sort of document the document the process. That'd be quite fun. Uh, and the first day we went out, I went to Brim and Rocks and had the most glorious sunrise. Absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Uh, and I thought this is quite good. So I went out and bought a few books, got Colin Pryor's Scotland's Mountain books, Joe Cornish's First Light. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, think, I think that was it at the time. And got got enveloped in it for a while, for about three or four months. I got sucked into the it, it satisfied that itch. I'm an engineer. Yeah, uh, I like I like to be crazy, but it was doing something I enjoy, which are going out. Yeah, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it until I was dragged out by the camera. Yep. Um, and then as where I was working at the time, one of the guys I worked with said uh, he bought me a book, Jack DeKinger's Large Format Nature Photography, and we had a laugh over it, saying, "Well, who would use cameras like that?" <laughs> Two months later, I got a a, a a trip booked with David Ward out to the Outer Hebrides. Right. Not realizing that everybody on this course was going to be film users and large format photographers. And so I got sucked into that world, which is even more, even more uh, geek, geeky. geeky than, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So over that, over that period, this all, this all went on. And I, I was running a software company at the time, um, which wasn't, we would got bought by another company and lot cut a long story short. I got sued by one of the owners for various things. I thought, sod this, I'm going to give up and, uh start a photography magazine yep 
that's where on landscape came from which has been doing reasonably well for about a decade uh, we're on a issue 283 i think now yeah marching um, on and one one of the things i think everybody gets sucked into when they're doing landscape photography with this idea of competitions it's it's comparing yourself with others it's inevitable yep. social media does it to you camera clubs do it to you and so i, I got I entered, I think, the second landscape photographer of the year. I got in the book. I did I did quite well. I was pleased with it. Uh, and after a few of these, you start looking at the winners and start thinking, my God, what's going on? And your pleasure of having won the competition gets diminished by the worst and worst pictures that end up doing well. Uh, and me and a friend, Alex Nail, uh, we used to regularly just take have, be on the phone to each other, going through the book afterwards and uh, lightly, critic, lightly critiquing the pictures as they came yeah. by. Um, and we kept on saying to each other, well, why don't we just start a competition? That's a ridiculous idea. I said, who's, who's going to want to do that? We'll never get it going. And and over the process, I got um, asked to help judge the wildlife photographer of the year. Cool. Uh, as part of, I did judge the landscape photographer of the year for a while, and I'm also a judge on the international landscape photographer of the year competition. Yep. Um, and I found out there's a guy in America uh, called Matt Payne who's thinking about a competition and so i thought well let's just have a chat with see how it goes yeah and and we were just bang on exactly the same wavelength of what we wanted and we thought there's no point moaning about competitions and not doing anything about it we've got the opportunity absolutely let's give it a go let's base it on that so cut a long story short again the competition did okay um and we raised enough in the first year to publish a book uh and that was really one of our primary goals we were we wanted to produce something useful. The competition side of it was really to scratch that itch of saying, can we start a competition that has good ethics, good uh, judging, that, yeah. that brings quality photography that's unedited out to the open to share with people. But the real way to share the real way to share it with people is, I think, via a book. It's the, the best way of sharing photography, full stop. Exhibitions are great, but you can't get exhibitions all around the world. So the second best is having a good book in front of you and being able to go through it. Yeah, no, I I I absolutely agree. I think yeah, having a having a book with a body of work in it is is as you say the ultimate way to be able to enjoy it. And as you say, exhibitions are great and all images look great on big walls, but there's only so many places it's actually viable to to do these things and logistics cost of these things is is somewhat prohibitive but as you say you produce a book and you can send it very expensively these days all over the world to a whole host of of people who otherwise we probably never engage in the com yeah. never engage in, in in the work the competition whatever the subject matter is um and I would say it's fair to say you kind of took a quite a different approach, maybe from many of the photography, many of the photography competitions you see, because I think a book is certainly very popular with with most with most competitions these days, and there are there are a plethora out there. You yeah. see them all kind of each seems to have its own time slot in the given year, etc. Um, each has their own different views, and you get a whole variety of subjects. But yeah, you've kind of taken a very different approach and you've really gone for a, a very high-end product would would that would that sum up you i suppose your your views and and kind of how what, what your first thoughts were in the book absolutely yeah and it's we would we would have been served financially a lot better by doing a, a paperback yep. 150 pages 
um, in terms of postage, never mind anything else. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> whereas we looked at the, the amount of photographs we wanted to include, you know, when you look, look at the projects. So by the time you've done the projects and you've done the main winners, um, they get covered, but they're getting exposure anyway by, yeah. by having won the competition. We wanted to give exposure for lots of the extra stuff that yeah. we absolutely loved. Yeah. And we realized the only way to do this is by making a bigger book. It's like, it's, uh, and it got to where we were on about 180 pages and we just thought, sorry, we'll just go for it. I think it's a 220 page book. Now. Yeah. It's it's with, fortunately with the, um, with the way the postage works, it doesn't actually matter. We were worried about two kilogram limits on book posting. Turns out it's not as bad as everybody thinks this two kilogram limit because printed papers, you can go over two kilograms with a Royal Mail. Anyway, right. yeah. that's besides the buy. But yeah, in terms of what the book is, I've, I've I've got a lot of books. I've got, um, I think it's eight Billy bookcases full of just landscape photography books. Yeah. Um, and I love them all for different reasons. But one of the things that I really like is when a book becomes something a little bit more than a port and then a, a brochure of pictures. Yeah. Um, when it starts having, you know, you can do a lot with rhythm and pacing and, and, and facing images in a book, but there's a lot extra you can do with books in terms of uh, text content, obviously, um, yeah. in terms of layout, trying to create something that has the rhythm in terms of captioning. Um, so I went through all, nearly all my books. I picked out the ones I really liked and found ones that, that had this extra. What, yeah. what it was. And, and two of the ones that really stood out at the time were Joe Cornish's First Light, um, the idea of having the extra little picture and description of why it worked and why that one didn't work. Yeah. And, and as you're looking through it, you've got captions, you've got little stories next to all the pictures. Absolutely. And it just became so engaging. And then the other one was the uh, developing vision and style books, which is uh, they are books done by Charlie Waits Light and Land yep. Company, uh, published by Argentum and Eddie Efrans. Oh, Eddie Efrans, really good designer. Very, very very particular yeah but he knows he knows what he's doing uh he, he's he's a bit bit over the top in perfection you know i'm i'm more getting out the door yeah uh, you're trying to draw a line somewhere just like you've got to finish finishing's more important than anything else <laughs> so anyway but 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 in terms of design he's brilliant these developing vision and style books were great because they had they were compilations of the tour guides joe david charlie yeah, and then all the clients, the best clients, and next to each picture was a little caption from the client or a little quote from the the leaders, uh, and it was great, just absolutely engaging book that I, I keep going back to. And you know, the photographs are pretty good because Eddie also knows a good photograph. Yeah, and there were a few more like this where things became more than just this idea of a brochure. Yeah, uh, and so I came up with a template, trying, trying to come up with a template for the first one was a difficult one, trying to come up with a, using colours, using space and balance and having these different layouts. Um, I mean, a couple of the big decisions was, do you full bleed pictures? Yeah. Which is always something somebody has, has strong opinions about. Yeah. Um, in terms of perfection, I would like a book that was so big that you wouldn't have to full bleed pictures. Yes. And you could just stick them in a huge amount of white space and still have them massive. Yeah. But when you're working with a limited book space, I'd rather have more detail in the pictures. Uh, and so I've, I've gone full bleed vertically, wide, double page spreadies, cross the fold, all sorts of abuses of photography along the way. 
Um, but hopefully, I think I've chosen the pictures that complement what uh, what positions they're in and how they're formed. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I I, I agree with so many of your points. I, it text um, and words is something that's often quite regularly discussed and regularly asked about. Um, and I think my view is it's it it works very differently for each book for each subject matter that someone someone's talking about, be it text and captions throughout on every image on some images forwards afterwards essays and i i tend to agree i, th I think for particularly for a, a compilation of a lot of body a lot of images actually having having just a bit of a paragraph and a caption about each one adds so much because it gives you total context whereas otherwise it's just a series of images one after another after another that Yes, they might be land aerials or whatever the top, whatever the category is, shall we say? But actually, the the opportunity for for the artist to share their thoughts, their vision, or or what their feelings were, it, it makes it more relatable for for someone who's coming at it afresh. Yeah, because there is no there's no strong thematic content that that's it together. So you need to create sort of like micro themes. Yes, and and eat and and give each photographer a little bit of information. The one thing we would have wanted to do is to actually have the, the photographers featured in terms of little profiles of them and yes, uh, something that they can write. And so I'm not sure if you've gone to the link that's in the second book. We have a PDF in there. There's a little yeah. book bookmark. Um, and I've created a, a PDF to go along with every single picture, but there's an essay by each photographer yeah, and a little caption saying what, what camera system they use or whatever, and, and a profile with a portrait. Yeah, so that was ridiculous amounts of hard work, yeah. but it was like giving giving the authors their chance to yeah, that, yeah, that's it, and I think it's important as well. It just it just adds more context, and for something that's come that's bringing together over a hundred photographers, a hundred artists, it's great to have that as opposed to just a name, a location, yeah. and and it just gives a bit more. And as for the as for like the layouts and. Whether you're on full bleed, portrait, vertical, all sorts over the gutters. Again, I, I think with it being a compilation of so many different images, whereby you don't have the ability to control ratios and everything like that as you would do if it's your own body of work. I, I, I think there has to there has to always be an, an element of artistic license if you're if you're to pick, say, right, we're going to have at least a, a nice border around every image. As you say, some of the wonderful landscapes, some of the detailed shots would just be lost because all of a sudden yeah. you've got a portrait image that just takes up a tiny amount of what otherwise could be, as you say, going going full bleeding. Um yeah, I, I think it's it's great. It's beautifully done. I I like the format. I like the I like the portfolios. I like the projects because again, they just had something different, and it's lovely to be able to see just a a page with four or five complementing images, as opposed to yeah. just just it's it's a nice way it's a nice way to do it, and it's a nice addition to to competition. So I I think it's 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 far more of a challenge, and I think it's far more rewarding to be able to produce a, a body of six images or four images that all complement each other than it is to say yeah we've got one stunning image which could be the the, the one stunning, stunning image yeah this is why we wanted to put more more projects in but as you can yep. see that each each person for a project on a lot of them we've taken up double page spreads for the yeah much earlier on then we have some single page ones later but but yeah the projects were so important in the competition because we do think that like you say when you what you've got on, on a page there is they call them to a mini book Somebody's somebody's it got is, a project, yeah. an idea put together. Yeah. 
and for most of these winners, I mean, they could easily, I mean, that's uh, they could easily produce a book with with a small book with just a collection of images that they've submitted. Yeah, well, absolutely. So many of them, so many of the names are recognised because they have produced books. But even then, it's like looking at a lot of them. It could be a small zine, just beautifully produced yeah. produced zine of maybe a dozen images or something like that. Which now you look at the popularity of them. And just how accessible it is for for the majority of people to to make these at not not extortionate costs and and get them out there to other people. Um, and yeah, I think I think the 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 process of looking through it with the projects and then into the individual images, it it's very refreshing. It's a bit different. And I, I'm I'm always I'm always interested. Did because everyone always generally puts the images by category, and, and I I totally understand the reason why. But I wonder if anyone has ever thought about actually just sequencing the images for the for the benefit of the sequence, forgetting about what category they come come under, and actually saying right, okay, the projects that's one thing. But if you if you then take the four or five categories and actually it's it's a collection of work. We're not defining yeah. who's turned up in what order or which one it is. It's just. Here, here is a body of of beautiful work, and we've we've sequenced it based on tone, subject matter, whatever it is, without defining. We did think about that, and it's yeah. uh, and it's. Uh, I have to say, it's probably a bit of an affectation on the book design process because having categories gives me a nice little hook into into engaging in the rhythm of things. Yeah, I I I agree, and I I and I know I I know exactly what you, I know exactly why, and yes, it it does it it I suppose it gives it the structure and definition, but it's it's always an interesting one, just even just in terms of how to appear to to yeah. viewer, just to look through and think, right, I'm looking at a body of work that could be broken up by essays instead. Um, but, in terms in terms of the each category, there was a I mean there is a. Th- some thought about sequencing yep. within those yes yeah pair matching and things not not much beyond that because you don't have a huge amount of control yeah of what's in but yeah I, I, it'd be interesting to see how that would work uh i'd love to do i mean one of the books actually one of the one of the books i'm recommending is a is a book by uh brett weston all right yeah and these are a little series of books that are produced lovely the tiny little paperback things how many pages are these does it say on them Oh, it's very posh. It doesn't have page numbers. Oof. 12, 12 plates in one book. Um, yeah. But they're gorgeous. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and it, I had thought about, can we do, do something as well? So, you know, if the competition is really successful, we might have a couple of books going out. Yeah, that, that that's it. And it then opens up different options and, and different ways of maybe approaching different, even just different sections of the competition. So that... Mm-hmm. Actually, as opposed to being, I've I've always wondered is like as opposed to having the winners and everyone identified as winners. Actually, the book is the book is a body of work that all coherently works together, um, yeah. and it's 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 like a catalogue of the work. But actually, everyone's kind of given equal placing placing in it based on where images all sit together. And I appreciate there's challenges, and yeah, yeah. it's um. It's it's all interesting, but but obviously you came to you came to then I suppose book two, and and how important or changes I suppose slightly diff, slightly smaller size and things like that. But what, what did you change your approach between book one and book two? For, for... Yeah, I mean a little bit. There was some there were some changes in, uh, for instance, the, the book the book design was a, a technical limitation. The fact that yeah. the printed in the first one got the paper size wrong, so they actually printed it. Over too big, slightly. Um, but it was done on a 
a B, I think it was a B1 press, which is really okay. huge sheets of paper. Yeah. Uh, I might have got that wrong, but I think it's uh, a B1. But the problem with batch printing something smaller on a B1 press is in any press, the paper moves slightly. Yeah. So you start to lose register across the whole page, which means you can lose your, your you can get moire patterns, so you can get color changes. Yeah. Across the page. If you can print to the perfect size of a B2 press, so you, you're actually printing at the size the press works at, you end up with a more accurate print. So right. you, can, you can get better dot registration and, and color. So that that was one thing that came out. And I think that might be something to do with paper sizes in the UK and America as well. Yeah. So I know there are different sizes. Variations, yeah. So you might notice the, the, the size is just the, the typical British book size, yeah. <laughs> uh, which makes sense for binding and everything else. Yeah. But in terms of design, obviously we kept the same thematic design, but I was always... When you see something on paper, it's really weird. You know, you design it in and design. You can print out individual pages and look at yeah. them. But until you actually get it as a book, you, you you can't see it properly. So, for instance, I think a lot of the text in book one is now too big. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm going with a smaller book. I wanted to reduce it anyway, so it yeah. sort of fit. So I've I've tightened up a lot of the the typography in book two, um, and I think it works better because of that. Color management issues are that's just a long, long story in terms of book one and book two. Uh book one was book one was designed by the end of November. Uh and it went to press in end of January, mid-January, end of January. And we didn't get it until November the 30th. Ooh. Um, and so many things happened. It was a printed in Korea. Um, but so many things happened along the way, like the printing company moved factories in the middle of our print run without telling anybody. So they just went, disappeared. Uh, and it was during COVID, which didn't help. So people yep. were off COVID. And, but instead of like stopping or getting somebody else, a department would just stop working. So the so the guy working on press just disappeared. So there were no checks happening. So we'd get stuff coming through and it like, nobody's looked at this for color, obviously, because you can tell without even yes. comparing it wrong. Yeah. And we went through cycles like this and waiting for pa waiting for packages to arrive from Korea with test prints in and opening them up. And I mean, we're instantly, they're completely wrong and saying, what, why don't you just show me what they're like on a mobile phone? I, I can tell you what's wrong with it. Just <laughs> yeah. Anyway, long, long story with that one. So we finally got that one and we decided, like many people have in the past, let's get it printed in the UK. Let's get it printed where I can go on press. Yeah, yeah, and be there. Uh, and it, it just so happened that uh, Joe Cornish friendly said, use use the printer I use. Uh, and it's also a print that Alex Nails used, printer, yep. uh, and a few other people. Uh, Nigel Danson's used it for some of his books, et cetera. Yep. So we went down. It's great. It's not far from my parents. I can stay at theirs. <laughs> um, we did have a little problem with some color profile mismatched. So I did end up actually correcting every image by hand on press as it goes through which was stressful at the time but it came out pretty good and we we pinned down the process so i'm looking forward to doing it next year yeah. so i'm pretty sure we'll have it bang on spot on that's yeah. it because every, everything everything was coming out exactly like the proof print i mean right insanely close matches yeah and i think one of the bonuses for this is getting the uh the customers the clients whatever we call them the, the entrance to submit images in SRGB. Yeah. You just get rid of loads of the color problems. 
because most photographers want to work in Adobe RGB at least, if not Profoto. Yeah. And they're just way outside what CMYK can manage. Yeah. So when yeah. it comes to going on press, they're seeing things and going, oh, my God, it's changed so much. Yeah. Whereas they'd have the same problems when they convert it to sRGB, they, but they don't seem to stress about it quite as much when it's when it's yeah. on the web. Or well, you know. yeah, that that's it. As you say, when it's on the web, you could be looking at just any device that's bright, dark, whatever, and you've really got no idea. Your your control parameters go out the window. But yeah, as you say, as soon as it goes to print, everyone begins to notice where the shades are just ever so slightly differently. But yeah, yeah I, I totally see why you've now kind of gone to printing it in the UK because as you say, it allows you it allows you to be on 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 press so that you can see, you can make these adjustments and and having now been through two cycles, you begin to get sharper and sharper at, at what tweaks you probably need to make in advance. Yeah. But yeah, it's when it was when I when I was looking through, I looked through book one first. When I then was looking through book two, I was immediately immediately noticed that the the change in fonts and the font size, and it felt it felt a far better proportion and ratio in in scale relative to to what it was in book one. Even though one book one's a physically bigger book, yeah. it just felt. It, it, yeah, it felt it felt, felt tighter. Um, it felt just a, a bit sharper and smoother as well. I think in terms in terms of how it looked. Um, and the essays, I thought I thought the essays came across really well. And I was I was interested how, how important or what was I suppose the the, the thought and the idea behind the essays and and I suppose the importance they play in the in the book and the the story about the awards. Yeah, I mean, the essays are are definitely supporting the competition. But it, yeah. it, this was another thing when I looked at the books that I really liked is you, I, you get a book, um, you open it up, you, you, read, you read a few of the essays. And yeah, it's nice to read the essays. But three years later, I was going back to books and rereading the essays. And, and yeah. the essays not changed, but I have. And the way I read the essays and what information yeah. in them has changed. And that's the sort of impression I wanted. I wanted a resource that, for people to have. They want, they want, you know what it's like, you end up with too much stuff on your shelves and you're thinking, well, I'll, 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 I'll hone it down a bit and get rid of a few books here and there. Yes. And I wanted these to be the, the last books or some of the last books you get rid of because they've yeah. got value in multiple different ways. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. The, and the essays also give you a reason to come back and look at the pictures again because you'll come back for the essays because most people don't read them all first time around. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's an engagement thing. And yeah. It gives it, the judges a chance to talk about what's important to them, which is obviously um, it's a guiding role. Um, you know, it's, it's it's an extension of online landscape in a way. It's it's about giving voice to guide photographers in what's appreciating the sorts of people who are judging. Yeah, um, and like Theo Boswin's article on projects and uh, Sarah Marino's articles, they they for me, give a little bit of a foundation for understanding both the judges and what um, what's expected in a way, I mean, what the, what people get enjoyment out of and, and what resonates with people. Yeah, I agree. I, th I think it gives a lot of context as well. And as you say, when you can come back and read the, the, read the essays, you perhaps take a different impression and different view of some of the work that you're looking at as well. Um, and as you say, it's just a different element as opposed to just being a a collection of of 180 random images you you feel as though well, there's actually a bit of na there's a narrative and there's a story behind it and you've got the individual characters as well and i do like i do like the sections at the back for the judges to 
to provide a bit of commentary and to and to comment as well on some of their their personal favorite images because it just brings to the forefront images that they're not necessarily all the winning images of different categories or whatever it is, but it's yeah. it's things that just you realize the random sporadic nature of what catches each individual judge's judge's eye. There's no no such thing as unanimous in these competitions. No. Everybody thinks, oh, everybody will agree on the winner or whatever, but it's it's way, way apart from that. There's you know, yeah. it's, it's all to do with taste. And it's also about the the random organization of how those judges came to, to be together. Because because somebody commented in, in in an essay in on landscape last year, said, Eric Bennett was saying that he's got friends who entered the competition the first year. And didn't didn't even get through some of the pictures didn't get through to the the raw checking stage, and then they entered again in the second year and they got through to the book. Yeah. It's like that's that's just because you've got a different panel of judges who did yeah. like different things. Yeah, and you know I reckon if you randomise those judges around, you get a completely different result with the same judges. Oh, absolutely, and I suspect even if you probably got them to look at all the images differently, and a couple of years later, you would probably a week, later, a week yeah, a week later, you would probably get different results because it's what, as we know, we you see so many images, everyone's exposed to so many images, so your eyes, it's what your eye registers, what clicks at that at that particular given moment in time. So it's nice to be able to see the eclectic mix, and it, I think it gives people confidence when they're looking through that actually. Yeah, it's not just a total agreement of everyone thinks the same thing. It shows you that it is, you take four or five judges and you will get, and ask them to select three different photographs each and you'll get 12, 15 different photographs because you can guarantee that they will all appeal and and I suppose it's, it's taking the blend of what everyone's view is of, of each image and, and that's how you uh, get to... I think that's another reason for the book in a way because they, you may not, may not have got um unanimous decisions for the top five or the top three or whatever. Yeah. But if you look at what's in the book, and we've shown obviously given free copies of the book to the judges, all the judges are happy with what's in the book. Yeah. All of them. And you know, they might not have they'll have different favorites. So yeah. in a way the book represents the winners better than the winners do. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think the print quality is I think the print quality and production quality is superb. It feels like a real high quality, high end coffee table, particularly with the the lovely fabric, uh, cloth cover as well. It's not your traditional image yeah. wrap, which you see so many instances. And it just it and yeah, it, obviously it's a weighty beast. But you're talking a couple hundred pages. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just it, it feels as though it's just something different that's kind of taken it a competition to to a, a different level, really. Yeah, and we 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 well, obviously our goal wasn't to make lots of money out of the book. I mean, really, yeah. we should be selling the book for sixty quid, seventy quid. Yeah. Um. So the price, if you get it on discount, I can't remember how much you can get it for at the moment, but it was something like fifty dollars people can buy it for, which is thirty pounds. You know, which yeah. is which it's a price that many. UK photographers are happy to pay for books when they when the portfolio not individual books. Yeah. Probably not a competition book. You know, you look at landscape photographer of the year, I think they go for 13 pounds or something like that. Yeah. Um, but they've mass produced those and got them all out in, in a big go. Yeah. So hopefully it also puts a good quality book in people's hands as a as a reference for this is what this is what a yeah. nice book looks like. And they're getting it for a price where they, you know, they don't have to bust the pocket. 
Yeah, well, that that's it. As you say, particularly when you factor in shipping, which just seems to be going skyrocket and bonkers prices all over the place. Um, but no, I, I, I tend to agree. As you say, it's there's a the price point. Printing books has become far more expensive recently, and I think everyone's very mindful of that. But I think well, that I think our per copy book price on that was something around twenty. 26 or 27 pounds yeah um and that's not obviously not excluding our time to do it yeah or that, posted for anything so well, well that that's it and did, did in terms of in terms of pulling the book together solely your effort and then contributions from the rest of the team or um, or, rest or of the team don't have a lot of time to do it so pretty much it's, yeah. <laughs> I, we got we got good copy checking although there are some there are some blisteringly miss bad misses in the book if you look at the spelling of trees in the first book in the table of contents you should see that it's uh it doesn't have three e's in it. so anyway yeah but we've got lots of we we both the main thing we did all together was to, to try and select and sequence the images Mm-hmm. pick what was going to go on in the book uh yep. in terms of what pictures and i got thrown the sequence together and then we we could throw a pdf around and we critiqued it and pulled it about part so yeah um yeah it's it's it benefits from that and and all the all the pictures that are included were included based on the scores they had in the competition yes. by all the judges yep. but not necessarily the average score it was like you know which yep. ones did, did individual judges absolutely love yeah, so absolutely. It's got the it's got the big variation rather than the least offensive ones. Yeah, well that that's it, and I think I think it's important because as you say, it's like you've got the judges; they've viewed all the images, and it's it's important for for their their views and and, and to be to be reflected in it, and and it I think it just adds to the variety of images that you see, and it keep it keeps a natural flow as opposed to. Sometimes these things can feel quite repetitive if you're looking at so many images. I mean, so many images they've got the same feel, but actually, it gives a wonderful feel, a wonderful representation. And I think that I think the sequence reflects that as well. And the projects at the start, they feel really so coherent and and well and well represented by the photographers, which I think just it just gives something different that I think is missing from so many of these things as well. I'm really hoping that we get more good projects submitted or people start taking the idea of projects being about. I know projects are hard to do, that the commitment for an amateur photographer to do, yeah. go out and f- sacrifice certain things, sacrifice honeypot views and enjoying the trip, et cetera, to try and concentrate on, a, on an idea. Yeah. Is, is you know, it's a, it's a big, big trade off for a lot of people who do this uh, photography as, as part of a hobby. Yeah. But it really does pay off in my mind when, when, you get a body of work coming together from people. That's it, and I and I think when people can see it in printed form like this, I think you can get a different appreciation for it and actually realize, yeah, if I can pull together a body of work and things, you don't you not you don't need to be looking at twenty thirty images. You can be looking at half a dozen images that just really synchronize and and support yeah. each other. Adam Gibbs Aspen book is an example of a, a small book that I loved for yeah. its you know, just not not a lot of pictures. It's all basically three days in one that's location, it. three four yeah. days, and that's it. Yeah, yeah it's brilliant. I, that's it, and it, it shows it, it shows it can be done. It just it just needs a different approach and the right mind and to yeah. think. I've right one in my list of books, another one that's that's it's it's bigger than probably three or four pictures, but I'm not sure if you've seen that one. No, no, that looks quite good. It's, it's a it's a woman who, who uh, American photographer who oh. went around following the sort of like controlled burns of yes forests and grasses and stuff. So they're all they're all. Pictures Lovely. of the, the trees and the smoke and the beautiful. 
So, but but small book. Yeah. But it could be a lot smaller than that. It could be paperback and just yeah. done like you say with. I'm not sure how many pictures are in the Aspen book. Probably about twenty. Yeah, and and, and it works well. That that that's the mm. thing. I, I, you often find some books where it's maybe five or ten images too many, and and actually, if you just take a few images out, actually, it it begins to work that much stronger. Everyone thinks, oh, we need to put. 40, 56 images in and it's like, well, you, you don't necessarily, it's like take some out and, and just make it, a, make it a stronger collection as it is. Yeah. And Competition 3 is obviously opened, plans for another yeah. book, similar sort of format. and Absolutely. Uh, exactly the same as that one there. Um, yeah. New pictures, new essays. Um, yeah. And we've actually we've actually got, when I say that, that PDF we've got with all the users' details yes. in there, it didn't actually take as long as we thought because I, one of my, one of my commitments in doing it was that it would be automated as possible. Yes, yes. And so uh, <laughs> the way it's done is, you know, like you can do a mail merge in Word. Yes, yep. You can do a mail merge in InDesign. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you can use a Google form to as a, as the data. Yes. So you can so collect the data. All, yeah, we emailed all the photographers and say, can you fill this form out? And then you press a button and it creates the the book. Is it- yeah, it still needs it still needs editing afterwards, but it does the bulk of the work for you. So yeah, but I I thought that was really really important this year to to let the individual photographers have a bit more of their story. And we get we get emails back from people saying they sit there with the with the paper book with an iPad with, with the PDF you, next to them so they can read the details of the photographer and their story. Yeah, at the same time. yeah, it just it just gives total different context and and so much more information and to, particularly because as a viewer you've always got your favorite photographs as well and therefore actually the ability to look up and find out a bit more about the photographer what their approach was okay equipment if that's if that's of interest to you and stuff like that as well but it, it just it just gives a just gives a different feel and a different perspective to it as opposed to as you say just the name this is where they're from this is what the image is, has been called this came from a book uh, uh, Dav Thomas uh, yep. who was in Trees with Trees yes. but, um, and we were talking about this about the fact that the, the, all the information about because he's nearly all those are large format photographs yeah. and it would be nice to have the information a little bit about what, what technique he's a little bit of background but it gets in the way of the book when it's in it so yeah. Dav did that as a we talked about doing it as an extra sheet that yes. you can take out and have with you along while you're reading it yeah, that's, that's the origins of that idea originally is having this supplementary information yes. to enjoy the book. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice it's a nice way to do, it. and as you say, it it keeps the book nice and clean and allows you to enjoy that without being distracted on on the way through it. Um, yeah. But you're obviously a big collector of books yourself, Tim. Several bookshelves, I would imagine, or bookcases, shall we say? Yes. So yeah. it would be it would be great. I'm really interested to, if you can share a, a selection of some of your favorite photo books from uh, from other photographers. Yeah, um, is this going on as video as well? Because I can show the books. No, if, if you, I, I, it won't go on as a video. I, I don't I want to be the books a... anyway for you. Uh, yes, it's a book called The Burn by Jane Fulton Alt. Yeah, uh, she's an American photographer, and she, this, the book is basically her following these control burns around, doing square, sort of like Hasselblad style Lovely. photographs of the details. Uh, Brett Weston, one I mentioned earlier. Yes, series of, of books published by Lodema Press. In America, right. yeah, uh, and and they were committed to reproducing. I think his books and Capo Negro's books. Right. They, so they they're all quad tone printed. Lovely. Black and white. 
And as you, as you, yeah, as you say, they look lovely. And the fact that it's only twelve images or 12, 12, yeah. 12 plates, it, it lets you see that you don't need to fill a book with 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 huge amounts. You end up collecting a lot of them. So I mean, I've got, I think I've got about ten of them. So yeah. uh, right, next one. Oh yeah, Lavonia by Orshi and Ellen Harburg, uh, mm. Swedish uh, couple. Uh, Orshi's, I think, separating now. Orshi's. An amazing photographer, and they went on these trips out into the Swedish wilderness for fantastic a month, two months at a time, carrying ridiculous amounts with them. And they've yeah. just got a really unique Scandinavian eye to to how things look. They did a, a book called Iceland in All Its Splendor, which right. is a, it's a, one of the original references for Icelandic books that inspired a lot of people. Um, Bortom Redan, which is Jan Tove. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, so I've got the Swedish copy because I couldn't get the uh, the, the English the, copy. Yeah, I've I've a few I've a few books among my collection which I can't read any of the words on because I've had to buy some random language, Spanish, German, or something like that because yeah, it's, it's the only it's the only copy you can find without breaking the bank for the English copy. And Google Translate on yeah. the on the iPad is brilliant now. You just take a photograph of the page. And yeah, and it, back it, into English. Yeah, Vague, vaguely correct English. Yeah, anyway, you can get you uh, can get the ge- you can get yeah you can get the general gist of things. That that's yeah. that's that's the main thing. It doesn't need to be word for word perfect. Jan Jan Turver, this this book and one called Spegling are uh, are his his original books, uh, which are again fantastic Scandinavian. He's he's a Swedish, um, lives down south, but does a lot of stuff in the in the middle, not the not the mountainous regions, more in the mid ground of. of uh, Iceland. It's like the, the Scandinavians are all nature photographers. You know, it's about yeah. being out wild animals or or the wilderness. Scotland's mountains. Yep. So Cornish. I think people might be familiar with that one. I would imagine. I'd imagine most will be. Yep. I love the mountains, and that's the last book that Joe did primarily with his large format camera. Um, and I, I, there's a certain look to Joe's large format pictures that I I love. He's he's still a great photographer. Yeah. But the 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 camera you use mediates your work inevitably. Yeah. So things things are different. As, as you age, they, they're different. You might see a theme going on here. Another large format photographer, we got Peter Dombrovskis. Mm-hmm. Now, he's got quite a few books out. I would have chosen a different book. Uh, I'm not going to tell you. No, I'm going to tell you one of the books originally called Beyond On the Mountain, it's called. Right. Which is one of the individual books. This is a retrospective book, and it's right. got some really nice reproductions. Lovely. In it. Uh, Peter Dombrovskis, one of the original environmental photographers, succeeding in the saving valleys, uh, lived in Tasmania. Fantastic work. If you haven't seen it, do so. Two more books. Quickly. Two, yeah, absolutely. Joseph Sudek. Oh, yeah. Sudek's fantastic photographer, uh, worked um, in, in, in various forms, but, but, you know, from reportage, so when he hid from the... Hid from from the Nazis in the war and stuff, and very limited yeah. what he could do. So he did lots of little still lives when he couldn't leave the house. Yeah. But in later life, he did, he he started doing panoramas. Cool. Um, and he used a swing lens camera for these panoramas. And this book is called what is it now? Smutna Kradina, which means sad places. And it's the it's basically panoramas <laughs> of the way the land interacts Br- with man. In- Brilliant. And they are stunning. If you like a panorama, I mean, these are 
Yeah, these are quite, these are like 16, what do they call it? Six by 20, never mind 617. Yeah, I was just saying, yeah. fantastic eye in how, how they work. Yeah, uh, just f- fantastic, really nice. Tour de force in, in terms of composition. And one more book End of the Land yeah. by Andrew Nadolsky. Uh, now, in terms of books, we're talking about projects. Yeah. This is just stunning. It's one beach. Just one little beach, probably the size of a tennis court. Uh, and he's just gone back again and again. He's used Fuji Riala film. Yeah. Uh, and they are just absolutely glorious. The little still lives and landscapes. Um, yeah. It just, one, of the, it, one of the most beautiful books. And, and, and it just shows you what you can accomplish in one wee small tiny space yeah. with just exploring it and thinking outside the box and not being constrained to what you think is this is the one view actually you you work around you go back and and the thing is going to the beaches every time you go you will see something different because land the the, the seas have, repre- have, have have presented it in an entirely different way for you that's the beauty of it um i'll see if i can show you one picture which is uh i might not be able to find it quickly but if i do i can show you basically he he, he went Back this one particular beach, it's on the end of Cornwall. Uh, I won't find it quickly, but what the sand changes levels by three meters, so from top to bottom. So he's got these some pictures parallel to each other of the the same area of the beach, looking similar apart from these sand levels. Just anyway, it was a it's a great great background story to it. He was having a long distance relationship with a woman, right, and it wasn't going very well. And he loved his photography, and this was his love letter to this this woman. And uh, he got the book together, showed him all the pictures, and she dumped him. Right, there we go. It'll certainly have interesting memories, I'd imagine, for him. But uh, Her loss, our gain. That, that's it, yeah. Look, it looks a beautiful book. I, thankfully, I get a couple of weeks head notice before these episodes go out. So if, if there's any copies kicking around, I can always pick them up um, yeah. and, add, and add to the book collection before uh, before the masses hear it and then all of a sudden start going out and buying books. Get um, some places, see if there's any copies of that around because it changes hands sometimes for a reasonable price. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's fair to say I've got a couple of very, very long wish lists kicking around on, on different websites. Um, which they never seem to get any shorter. They only ever seem to get longer and longer and longer. Uh, um, the wish list on eight books. It's a dangerous place. Yeah, they're they're all all, all wish lists are dangerous. Um, but uh, but no, a fantastic selection and a very varied selection of of books as well, which is really nice. And it's always interesting to see between some big books and and as you say, just the smaller, more cohesive or coherent bodies of work that don't necessarily expand to 200 odd pages and things like that and it's been fantastic to hear you talk about the the competition and and you Alex and Matt etc your your kind of approach to the photography but also an approach to producing a body of work that kind of represents the quality and, and mirrors the quality of the of the images as well because I think that's what people enjoy people who, who participate in the competition who are maybe in or who aren't in it who have picked up copies of books they all think yeah quality quality competition and it's mirrored by a really nice a really nice body of work that's not just not just the same old image after image after image i'd wanted people to consider the competition as a as an open curation process for the book that's, yeah. I mean, that's my ideal way of saying forget about the winners forget about the prizes really, yeah this is just an open curation process with some expert photographers to make a book yeah, that. if you look at that process, it's not quite as, not quite as horrible as a, the idea of a competition for photography. 
yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think that the book that you produced, yeah, wonderful, really, really nice. I look forward to seeing the third volume now that you've maybe ironed a couple of kinks from the first from the first one, so to speak. But more enjoyable. That's it. Boy, it, it, it will make it more enjoyable and probably a bit more seamless for you, hopefully, as well. And and but I think at the same time you always still pick up new things and new ideas, even from one year to another. And and it's it's always just I suppose pushing it and and taking in a slightly and, and adding some new elements to each year as well just because I don't think anything rests still and nothing really should I think there's always you'll always pick up ideas from seeing how other things how other people do things elsewhere um, and it's all for the benefit of of the book and the competition yeah I should say I've enjoyed going through your book list I've gone went through some of the pre- presentations I haven't seen all of them but when I look through all the five books recommendations so I now have a list that's even bigger yeah books I need to buy yeah, that that's it. But but even for me, it's even if you don't end up buying the books, it's just exposure to different photographers who have got different approaches. Um, and you probably I probably end up with more tabs open on my browser because I start looking through one photographer, and then you then look through through various other photographers who are linked to them and before you know it you've you're like ten photographers down and you've lost about three years, um, which has been well spent because you you find you find people who whose work you maybe don't photograph or connect with yourself, but actually it kind of influences and inspires you in different ways. That's it. You see, you see a couple of images that someone has done and done on a body of work that actually nothing else maybe relates to, but those two images might relate to something you're working on yourself. And you think, yeah, right. Okay. I can see how someone's done something or taken that approach and it it just inspires. And and I think it's, it, it just lets your imagination flow as well, which I think, which is, fundamentally key at the end of the day it's art art's so subjective what one person likes another person doesn't what one judge likes another person doesn't and so on and so forth and that's the beauty of it nobody would expect multiple people to have the same taste in music precisely that's it and 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 that's what makes it interesting if we all like the exact same thing life would be boring because all you'd look at is exactly the same images over and over and over again this way you can you can enjoy the benefits and you just you just accept that not every not every image particularly in a compilation, a collection is going to be your cup of tea, but you come across the ones that you think, yeah, that's that's absolutely spot on and that that connects with me. But uh, on that note, Tim, look, real, real pleasure chatting to you this evening. Thanks for taking the time to to talk to me about, about the books, your work and your approach. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers.